Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the World of Wellness Podcast. I'm your grateful host, Megan Wren. So happy to be here as always. Um, today we have a special guest, Adam Verdon, and Adam is a client of mine. However, Adam is incredibly inspiring for me and I think a lot of other people because he is transitioning from his nine to five job to pursue his dream as a comedian. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to be pursuing your dream, the fear that comes along with it, how to work through that, the power of having a coach. Him and I both have a mutual life coach and Adam is just a very, very inspiring human doing the thing that he loves. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Adam, welcome to the World of Wellness Podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here, Megan. Would you mind starting by introducing yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, my name is Adam Verdon. Uh, I uh, I met Megan through um, her working out with her at a gym uh, in Dana Point, and we've since um, gone on to working out over Zoom kept in touch and been friends ever since. And uh, I started doing stand-up comedy a couple months ago and she asked me to come along and uh, talk about it. So here I am. Cool. <laughs> um, so the reason why I wanted to talk to you on the podcast today, because do you mind saying how old you are? Yeah, uh, no worries, I'm 34, okay. yeah. So at 34, I think, is this when you started being a comedian? pursuing this at this age or was yeah. it like 33 i mean so, i um yeah more or less 33 34 kind of bleeds over um i think it's just awesome that at this stage and i'm doing something similar but we're like kind of making a little bit of a career shift right. so what inspired you to become a comedian um i've always loved comedy uh i'm a huge comedy nerd and so just kind of ate up stand-up when I was a kid and watched all that stuff. I think um, I think your birth order kind of plays a role in that too. Like I'm a younger child. I'm the, I'm the youngest between me and my sister. And, you know, always was like the one to kind of stir the pot and cause trouble. And I kind of got satisfaction from that. So I think that carries over into like how I relate to people. Um, certainly, I think you can relate to that. Uh, needling you on, on Zoom constantly. But you know, it's just, it's just, it's always been fun for me. Um, I I'm never, I was never going to be an athlete when I was growing up, you know, I never had that kind of hand-eye coordination or whatever, you know, any kind of social grace for that matter. But I, I could always make people laugh. That was always something I was good at. And uh, so it was always something there that was just like in the back of my mind as something I'd, I'd always loved and wanted to do. Uh, but kind of obviously most people talk themselves out of things. And so, um, you know, it just became this kind of far off idea that's like, yeah, that's, that's something you'd like to do, but you know, let's, let's get back to reality and pursue a normal career. So was there like a catalyst point or something that was like, okay, I'm actually going to do this now, or what, what made you make the decision to move forward with it? Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> I think a lot of people during the pandemic, they had, you know, little hobbies and things they took up uh, bread making apparently was a big one. Um, I, I would love to be able to know how to make a, a beautiful loaf of sourdough, but I didn't go down that road. Um, and uh, no, my, my thing during the pandemic, I was watching like, 
uh hgtv <laughs> it's one of my favorite show or channels but like i was just watching this like day in day out after work and at some point i was like i got like this is not <laughs> this is not healthy i need to i need to do something here and um and, you know again I, I always kind of in the back of my mind i thought like maybe maybe this will be the year i pursue it or whatever and kind of the stars all aligned. It's actually really embarrassing how, how the whole thing um, came together. But uh, for to give your to give your listeners a better sense of who I am, I might as well come clean up uh, right away. But I, I moved back home um, to my parents' house uh, during the pandemic to save up some money. And obviously we're now, you know, coming up on three years into this and I'm still kind of here. But it, so I was, I was at a point in my life where I was like, I was doing this thing that kind of regressed me as a person but for like, you know, a greater, you know, um, purpose down the road, I'll, I'll have all this money saved up and I could be more uh, decisive and make better decisions um, with what I want to do with my life. But in the meantime, I was, I was kind of in this funk and obviously everyone's in a funk during the COVID, especially the first kind of year or so. And I remember I went to, uh, so I moved back home from, from DC where I'd been living at the time. Uh, it's where I was doing my day job. And um and I went to this movie uh, with my with this childhood friend of mine, and we went to go see the James Bond movie that come out, that come out. And um, it was like the first time that they've ever killed James Bond in a in a movie before. Spoiler: Sorry, it came out a couple of years ago or something. So you know, at this point, you got you have to have seen it. But anyway, for some reason, like where I was at the time in my life, like living at home, being a bum, watching uh, House Hunters religiously. And then seeing like my childhood hero die on screen, I was like, oh my God, I just felt so unfulfilled. And it was like a part of me had died. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do something. And so like, it was kind of this catalyst where I knew I had to go like take action, right? So um, for some reason, like that was just so shocking to me. I had to, <laughs> I had to put a, the, the fire to my feet. And, um, you know, I think I remember that day I was like in this fuck, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, just, I gotta do this. And I started looking up comedy classes and, you know, I found this um, six-week course that um, you can take in, in LA, and it was so popular that I'd been sold out for months, and so I put myself on the waiting list. In the meantime, I was kind of just like doing whatever I could to like learn the process of like how do you write a joke? Because you know, I've been making people laugh, but I don't know what the what like the the formula is. You know, what how do you what how do you construct a joke, set a punchline, all that stuff? And so, you know, really just digesting everything I could in the meantime, and you know eventually I got into that class and it led to uh, live performances and things like that. And it's just been kind of chugging along ever since. Does it bring you joy doing it? Oh yeah. It's uh, almost to like an unhealthy degree. Like uh, <laughs> it is <laughs> because it is such a rush, like being on stage and like, you know, you get the laughs and uh, it's, been, it's been going really well so far. But um, afterwards, you know, it's, it's over because I'm only doing like five, 10 minute sets right now. And then once you get off the stage, it's done. You're like, oh, I, I need the next fix. Like I'm, I'm like an addict now. And so I'll keep wanting to do these things. But like you're just chasing this, this kind of this feeling that it's a high I've never felt before. And it's really great. and It's really fun to do. But it's almost it's so fleeting that I keep wanting to like, I got I got I to gotta relive it again. And if it's not the, the next show isn't quite as good, you're like, oh, no, that wasn't it. And you, so it's uh, <laughs> I guess there's, there's parallels here. You got to like not um i don't know give too much of yourself to it i feel like because then you there's all kinds of bad roads can go down there but um it is it's a it's a great great feeling really fun to do and i've been loving it sounds like it's almost like a drug oh yeah absolutely i mean <laughs> it, it, is, it's, it is a drug and it's 
it's got all the, the good and bad that comes with it you know like there's yeah. a lot of stress and, and everything it's like oh i gotta write my set and do all this stuff but then there's also this huge satisfaction and not to say that like chasing your dream or things that you love are are you know full of pitfalls and you know be careful don't do that but i don't know it just it was a very uh oh eye-opening kind of experience that I, I didn't expect it to feel like that um i obviously knew it was gonna be hard but um kind of dealing with these multi faceted uh, experiences there so, yeah so at 34 years old what kind of social norms do you feel like you're breaking to pursue this um i mean obviously the classic one is you know public speaking they always say people are uh, fear that more than death I think that's maybe a little a little much but no it is it is obviously scary getting up in front of people and not only just talking but like trying to get them to you know laugh at whatever you it is you have to say and so it's kind of that fear um you know i talk to people about it that that don't do comedy and they're like oh it's so brave of you that you do this and i, I mean i don't know i think that part doesn't scare me so much as like Honestly, the scariest part for me is like getting on the stage and correctly removing the mic from the mic stand without like tangling it up in a, in a ball. And like, that's kind of like what I'm thinking about the entire time before I get on stage. Like, don't twist everything up. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm the type of person that like fixates on like little minutia and, and whatnot, which I think is kind of like why I have a maybe a, an eye for comedy or an ear for comedy uh, generally, just because like I kind of focus on these things. But um, I'm hoping that when I do this more, it'll, that kind of fear will, will go away. I can focus on more important stuff. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you're dealing with, you know, those kinds of public speaking fears. I think it's also, um, you know, the subject matter, the comedy is meant to be kind of confrontational and, um, kind of take you places where you're uncomfortable. And so I, I really like that. I think I've always had kind of a, weird and somewhat twisted sense of humor um, <laughs> yeah um and you know like, the problem is like there was never really like, a forum for that like i can't i've always kind of felt like um like i showed dexter you know uh he was a serial killer but like also like worked for the police department as a day job and like he kind of had to put this like um persona on to kind of fool people like i've always been kind of this like weirdo outsider type and like you know, people that work with me, like they wouldn't think that I'm a comedian, very like mild mannered and shy and introverted. And I am all those things. Part of it is just because like my normal everyday personality, like I can't bring that to the job. And so this has kind of been this opportunity to kind of explore this other side of me that's always wanted to kind of get out and like, can't really find the right opportunity too. Um, but it's just, it's fun to kind of have this forum where I could talk about these things, you know, big part of my act is like, my parents' sex life, right? And like, it's obviously not something I've ever talked about with them, like at the dinner table or anything, but here's like this opportunity to, um, <laughs> to do it on stage and embarrass them in front of a bunch of people, which I take, you know, great joy in doing, but they can obviously um, see that it's not just, I'm not just there to kind of humiliate them, even though that's part of it, but they know that there's like love and, you know, affection behind that too. And so I think that's why I can tackle those kinds of subjects and still get a big response, um, you know, from the audience at the same time because there's still this kind of uh, you know, joy or, or 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 love there too. So it's it's a great opportunity to kind of address really uncomfortable things. And I don't think you ever 
especially now, like it's very hard to like do that ordinarily. People are always afraid of being uncomfortable. They, they want to avoid discomfort uh, for the sake of others. And I think that's, that's, you know, good to a certain degree, like anything else where you take it too far and all of a sudden like no one's communicating anymore or talking about anything. And so um, to be able to have that forum that I do where I can do that, um, it's, it's been really nice. I just hope I don't get fired from it in the process. You're or what? I just hope I don't get fired from my day job in the process. You know, I'm like, uh, let me keep those two worlds separate and apart. <laughs> I understand that. So it really sounds like comedy for you has been a great outlet to express yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of felt, um, and I think this is common for a lot of people who do comedy. Like they just feel like they've, have, they didn't have like their place where they belong. Like they didn't have like, they're like, people didn't get them or I've always felt kind of misunderstood. And, and so I think suddenly you have this uh, platform where like, I'm not good. I'm not a good uh, social uh, extrovert. You know, you put me in a, uh, a, a social function where I gotta like communicate and, 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 and uh, small talk and all that. Like, I'm, I, I will die, I'll melt. But like suddenly you get me on stage, like the whole point is for me to like, hey guys, like I'm here to talk now. You're just here to listen and laugh. Like that dynamic works great for me. Uh, if we don't have to have a conversation in the process, like, okay, wonderful. Um, and so like, this has been a great um, avenue for that because uh, I don't know, it just, it works to my, um, my strengths. Um, have you found that your colleagues in the comedian world feel similarly to that? Of where, uh, like yeah. Well, I don't want to pick with too broad a brush. It's not like everyone's kind of this like awkward introvert like me. Uh, but there, there's certainly that, um, I think, um, you know, a lot, um, there's the total other end of the spectrum too, where there's people who are immensely charming and have that kind of sense of like, oh yeah, I've always been able to kind of just like get a group to come on board with whatever I have to do or say. And, um, so it, it kind of runs, you know, both ways, but, but certainly, um, I, I think the, the type of comic like me where, you know, you have that kind of social anxiety that tends to stick out more just because it seems at face value to be so um odd that like someone who's like that would pursue a a um a an a, a activity where like the spotlight is suddenly on you all, all at once because it's like oh well, why would they want to do that but there's kind of there's a lot of different factors that play that kind of play into that and um just i think makes for a more interesting situation were you nervous your first time going up on stage in a group of people uh yeah uh, incredibly um I had, uh, I mean, it was a big show. You were there, you saw it. Uh, there was a, obviously a huge crowd, um, a, a much bigger room than I expected, but uh, so that was obviously a factor. Um, but I had the advantage, a couple of advantages. One, I you know, rehearsed the hell out of this thing. So I was kind of, it became something where I, I had said it so many times and performed it so many times that like, it was just kind of coming out of my mouth automatically. And which was helpful to me because when there was like, when I knew I was like next to up to go up on stage, I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you where my um, uh, bits or premises began. I had no idea how to even start the set, but it, as soon as I got up there, I'm like, okay, I got the microphone in my hand. Like it was just automatic. Um, so yeah, that was just uh, fortunately a, uh, uh, you know, they always say practice, practice, practice. Obviously that, that uh, is, is very true. But the other thing too, this class is helpful in that, um, you know, it was a six week course. Every week we would get up in front of our class and kind of practice delivering material. So it wasn't like the first time I'd ever 
tried telling a joke before. Right. I think being in that situation where you're kind of around other people and it's like the stakes are much lower, but you're still kind of doing the same activity. Um, that was a really helpful way to kind of get your feet wet. And I think, you know, um, a lot of people just kind of dive right into um, new either goals or hobbies or whatever. And often they feel, they find failure as a result because they just overwhelm themselves right away. And I think uh, being methodical about it is, is what really helped me. I've always been the kind of person to dip my foot in the water and then slowly get in. And I know that's not always the most effective way to do it, but you know, different things work for different people. And that's, that's kind of what I chose. I'm curious as, well, these are, these are kind of two questions that are go together. Um, well, I'll ask this one first. What ways do you, do you have any tools that you're using to kind of curb your stress before you go on stage? Um, I mean, I think the, one of the big fears is, uh, not feeling like, like forgetting material. And so I've, I've certainly had shows where I've had these new jokes that I wanted to try. And I've had a big show where um, I hadn't adequately prepared ahead of time. And so that was kind of um, a frightening moment for me just being new and not really, you know, having a lot of experience up on stage yet. Um, and so for me, like uh, what, what they call it, like the seven P's, right? Precise uh, planning prevents piss poor performance. Or right? I think I missed a P there somewhere, but uh, something <laughs> like that, right? So if I can, if I can do all my homework up front um, and like try to like, you're never going to account for every like curveball or whatever, but if I can plan as much as I can in advance for it, that's going to uh, pay dividends for me anyway. Um, and in the long run, um, in terms of kind of getting in the mindset, I mean, I've had to, I've had a situation where I had a massive panic attack uh, right before going on. And I just had to kind of talk myself out of it. And, um, you know, you gave me some, some techniques after the fact to kind of handle that, um, or address that in, in the future should it happen again. And it's really just kind of, you know, focusing on different parts of the body and, and, and more of a meditation um, uh, kind of approach. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't applied it yet, but <laughs> it's something that I am. Uh, you got it in the back of your head. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it, it like peaks itself and makes itself known if that ever happens uh, again. Like, hey, remember what Megan said, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> you can't even know it's so funny the little things like that you popped into my head when this happened <laughs> sorry <laughs> um so why is why is making I mean obviously you're I don't want to speak for you but I'm going to say on some level your day job is probably comfortable for you mm -hmm. why is pursuing this important to you um, I mean, yeah, it's a, that's a good question. Why even, why put your, especially like with all the, uh, negative aspects to come with all of the, the stress and the psychological torment that I'm putting myself through trying to write jokes and stuff. Um, it's something that I've always been passionate about. I just, I'm a comedy fan again. I love, I love the, it's a very narcissistic passion too. I mean, it's like, again, look at me. I have something of, you know, importance to say, I, I want to make you laugh. Like there's, there's all these tendencies there. Um, but I think, you know, I wanted to do it for so long. And then I had convinced myself that if I could take this kind of 
safer or more um, accepting or or traditional approach. You know, I'm, I'm a, uh, with my with my day job, and um, I I kind of I, I knew I was always going to be too afraid to to pursue comedy, and so I thought, okay, well, forget the fear part. Maybe I just shouldn't do it because there's already so many people. Who are doing it and trying to break into the entertainment world you know like look at la like that's you know one out of every one person is trying to <laughs> like movies or modeling whatever right yeah so, yeah. um so like okay like, there's there's enough comedians out there to where i'm not needed for this so maybe i can just focus on something that's you know has more value or whatever in another way and that's kind of the lie i told myself in order to like make myself happy uh, with with the other approach and it worked for a while. I mean, I I do love my job now. I have a great career, and it's it's um, it's been very satisfying. But again, at the same time, uh, <laughs> all the all the home and garden television I was watching, and the uh, and James Bond dying, like they still they still brought up this feeling where I'm like, I gotta I gotta see this thing through. And so I think the fear of like going through your life and having that kind of major regret that you never kind of accomplished what it is that you thought you wanted to do. Um, is a very it's a very terrifying uh, thought, right? You don't want to you don't want to be that person uh, where you've wasted your life away, and or not really wasted it, but you know you didn't accomplish all the things. You had all this time on the world in the world. Why didn't you do X, Y, or Z? And um, it kind of it reminded me of this. I, I I saw Jim Carrey give a a commencement speech. It's one of those things you can see on YouTube. Um, and he was talking about growing up. His dad always wanted to be a comedian. He never pursued it because he took this kind of safe accountant route and uh, I think it was account I don't know but anyway um, he took this account route to provide for his family and ended up losing the job and they were homeless for like I don't know a decade it's this long stretch of time and they would do all these kind of odd jobs and it was really stressful and demanding time and you know grew up with a lot of resentment as a result and uh, Jim Carrey in the speech was like you know you can you can fail at doing something you don't love so you might as well shoot for the thing that you do and see what happens um and so that's always that's kind of a a really dark statement i think it's like you can always take like the safe road but maybe that's not so safe in the end uh anyway and so why not you know pursue the passion because you know there's there's risk regardless of what what road you take and i think there's a lot of truth there i think there's also you know you always hear those quotes from like the people who've made it you know like i've always heard you hear the jim carries the world say that but I'm wondering what do the folks who do that and then never make it, like, are they still okay with that decision? I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, but I'd be interested to know um, how that comes out. I just know for me, you know, I, I was in a place where I had to do something about whatever this feeling was that I was feeling. And so I'm happy I did. I mean, it's, it's, it's something I never thought I would do, honestly. Um, and. I've had a lot of success with it so far, just in the early stages. Obviously, I'm still, you know, a small fry, but um, it's been it's been really great, and I don't regret any of it. Uh, everything that you just said makes me think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you familiar with that, Mike? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, at the point where you're like satisfied on levels until it's like self realization or self actualization or like in aligning with like your true authentic self of what you want to do once you get like all of your on a certain level like basic needs taken right. care of and that that also makes sense if you are and this is just for anybody i'm not just saying you but like you're 
you are got you're in the groove with your job and then it's like okay well this is good I did great but like now what's going to like bring me even more joy and that could be a lot different for a lot of people and like you're saying like maybe they didn't make it but maybe they got the satisfaction of at least trying you know they knew that they tried but then like okay well I decided that this was something different so then there's no regrets way I feel like on some level just at least trying as much as you can with all of it until you're not right absolutely yeah I mean I think a long time ago I read an article about these like uh end of life nurses that would you know talk to um you know these patients that were terminally ill or you know in hospice or whatever and they'd ask them like what about regrets and like the the what they that was like the, these big things that they'd wanted to do when they were younger and never did like just kind of haunted them even on their deathbed. And like, that was so shocking to me. Like I was like, okay, like I, I wouldn't think about it all the time, but it was certainly this thing that came up in the back of my mind. I knew I had like this thing too, this comedy thing that I really wanted to do. And so it kind of like this kind of weak signal that was always kind of buzzing around. And so, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go with this thing ultimately, I don't, but knowing that I've actually taken a step and, you know, felt what it is to to get a laugh and go on stage and you know perform at some really cool notable comedy clubs like that's really satisfying I, I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd ever be at the comedy store performing on stage there because I'd never even been inside of it before but like I just knew that was a really spectacular venue to like be able to do that like my third or fourth time out that was amazing um so yeah I think who knows where where the where the goal or the dream ultimately ends up but I think at least you can sleep well at the end of the day, right? Like yeah. that's that's important. So what what is your ultimate dream or goal? Um <laughs> I mean, you know, uh six months ago it would have been like, yeah, I want to perform at the comedy store. And I've done that now. So I don't know. I mean, it's just like <laughs> how far can I take this thing? I'm, yeah. I'm... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm I'm just enjoying the ride. I there's still a lot I haven't, I mean, again, I'm still trying to figure out how to even write a joke. It just kind of comes by, um, you know, flash of inspiration. I can't really harness that yet, but once I kind of understand the process more, being able to kind of riff and you know, I don't really, I'm not very really loose on stage. I still kind of stick to my script that I, you know, my, my bits that I've written. So kind of seeing how I can interact more with the audience and haven't been heckled yet. So I'm waiting for that to finally happen and kind of learn how I can deal and dig myself out of a hole if a crowd doesn't like me. And so I feel like you're going to be great at doing that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> the the first couple of times. I mean, I, I it takes, I, I gotta like, whenever I'm learning a new thing, I'm, I just, you know, follow my face immediately. So don't we once, all? I, once I get past that, but I, but I make it look like an art. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, he really ate at that time. Like, I, I really own the fall and the face plant. So, uh, Tuck yeah. and roll and land in a pose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no, like, again, I said no show social grace. So it's just like, ooh, yeah, then my pants are fall off. And my shoe, like, rolls down the stage. It'll be, it'll be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I have the, these are kind of three questions. Uh, how am I gonna word they all go together and I want to make sure they all kind of go together okay so my first question would be I'm gonna ask all three and then I think you'll be able to weave them together my first question would be one what where where does your biggest support come from as you pursue this 
And two, what advice would you give somebody who wants to pursue something new? Um, and if there's a fear and three, what would, do you have any advice that you would give somebody who maybe doesn't have a solid support system as they want to branch out and follow their dreams? Yeah, no, um, I guess, yeah, for me, I would say this to start, I'm really lucky. Like my parents have always been kind of supportive of whatever I want to do. Like, Hey, yeah, just, you know, enjoy what, just make sure you, you love it. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's wonderful. But then like, it also resulted in me just failing to launch. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was growing up. And so, um, so that, that's kind of like the double-edged sword. Uh, but fortunately, like, you know, they, they've been supportive through all of this. Friends have been supportive. You obviously were very supportive. I, I, I um, oh, I think a lot of my, actual drive to um to getting up on stage to the fact that you and, and our, our shared life coach greg were very much like hey like you got you should do this thing it's something you've been talking about um and so having that and then once i've gotten myself into the community the comedy community kind of making connections with other aspiring comics and bouncing ideas off of them like that's been just like an amazing um support system to have like okay we're all going through this together here's this kind of stupid idea that i don't think my other friends would like be able to kind of pick comprehend up understand yeah exactly yeah. yeah and so like but, but you're you're going through it and you have this kind of oddball sense of humor like let's see if we can kind of make something out of this yeah. so that's just been awesome um your second question was what would i what would i what advice would yeah. i give yeah, if like somebody's like kind of on the edge of like this is what I really want to pursue, but yeah. like that little bit of hesitation. So I think I owe a lot of my uh, success, and not just with comedy, but just with you know where I am professionally in my career, um, to coaching. Like I I I have worked with a life coach for a number of years. Uh, before I met Greg, I had a, a different one, and. Um, the reason why I think that was very helpful is the accountability aspect. It's like suddenly you're telling someone like, okay, this is what I'm thinking and feeling and they're holding you to, okay, well, this is what you've told me. And now, you know, I'm hearing these other stories come out of you that are kind of BS. And like, so to kind of push back and say, maybe there's this thing that like, I can keep you accountable because you've expressed this desire or want. And I'm not just kind of leaving it up to myself because I know that like, like we all do, we tell ourselves stories that help us, kind of create this narrative that makes us feel comfortable with the decisions we've made. But sometimes those stories are just stories. They're not really, you know, there's no, there's no truth. It's just how we're kind of interpreting the situation to, to help us get by because life's tough, right? Um, and so having someone who kind of knows and is working with you to help better yourself um, is helpful. I think part of, part of the reason why I told you I wanted to do comedy is because like it is an accountability um, uh method right right then and there like suddenly i'm telling people that i want to do this and so if i'm if i just kind of say it and like my don't walk the walk i'm just talking the talk like who am i going to be at the end of the day so like once you start kind of externalizing that and i was very um i was very uh uh i would say what's the word i don't know not methodical but i was very purposeful when i when i would tell people like hey i'm gonna take this comedy class because it's always just like this kind of thing that's like like embarrassing little dream that i have but like once you start externalizing it, then there's expectations from other people. And so that kind of puts your feet to the fire in another way where it's, if you start to like, doubt, like, well, if I don't do this, like I've already told, you know, Sean or John or whatever that like they're, 
that I'm I want to do this thing. And then if I'm not like suddenly you're letting people down and like, maybe that's not the most psychologically helpful way to like think about things, but it certainly helped me like continue the path when I was feeling kind of, you know, in my own head about things, am I good enough? Maybe I, maybe this was stupid all along. So however you can challenge yourself and hold yourself accountable, I don't, it doesn't have to be a life coach or whatever, but once you kind of externalize the desire, um, having someone uh, either directly or indirectly be that kind of additional um, source of inspiration or motivation is, is, I mean, it's just wonders for you, I think. Uh, a lot of what you were making me think about like having the external accountability or having a coach is like, it's almost like a mirror because they're there to like ask you the questions like, well, why aren't you doing this? Well, because of this. Well, why is that? So then it's like kind of showing you the things about yourself that you want to see. And I think it takes a lot of courage to be able to go, okay, like I'm going to use a coach because I actually want to get there. So it's, you're, you're giving yourself the mirror. And I think that takes a lot of courage in itself. And you have to be willing to be able to like, look because that's I think that's the hard part to like actually be truthful with yourself because like you're saying we can like tell ourselves these stories of why this isn't gonna work or how this is gonna be but when you're actually like okay I'm gonna need to dig deep and all self-actualize right right yeah 100%. yeah I mean to that point I think um you know so much of like success in especially like a feel like entertainment songwriting or acting or you know comedy it's so much of it is based on luck but at the same time, like the only people who go down that path are the ones that realize, okay, well, I'm in charge of my destiny to the greatest degree that I can. So like, I have to make these decisions. I'm not going to say like, oh, I, I never could do it because like X, Y, or Z happened to me. Like I have to take ownership of my life. Yeah. And a lot of that is, okay, well, am I holding myself accountable to what I'm really trying to get done or, or who I want to be or what I'm deep down, like is going to make me happy? If, if, if the answer is no, then you really only have yourself to blame for that. And it's not to say that like, you know, just give up then, but find those tools, those, either those people or those ideas, philosophies, whatever it is that like helps put that fire there so that you can, you know, put your best foot forward. And I want to add one more thing to that of also doing the work. Cause I think you can talk to people, but like if you, and you can ask the questions and they can ask you questions, but if you don't take it one step further and put the action behind it, then like you're wasting your time their time oh yeah I mean yeah I can't tell you how many times I'd have you know a coaching call with Greg and he would say like hey so what's you know what, what progress are you making and like you know getting into the comedy or whatever and I'm like oh yeah I did some reading about this thing today and like, like yeah well, what are you doing and I was like well you know I was thinking about doing are you thinking about this like so it's kind of like helping some having someone else shine that light on where you're kind of I don't say deceiving yourself but you know making an excuse or finding a, a, a convenient story that helps kind of shape why you may, might not be taking like the right action or the most beneficial action that, I mean, did wonders for me. Right. Do you think that the thought of taking action and like the workup to taking action is scarier than actually taking the action? Oh yeah. I mean, the uh, the reality is never as terrifying as you know what you build up in your mind. That's for sure. I mean, that's like why in the horror in a horror movie, like you never see the monster till the end because like you know like whatever the audience is thinking, like that's going to keep them sustained the whole time. And that, that's I mean, that's the case with this stuff. I was 
in, in the moment, I mean, even leading up to the day of my first stand-up performance, obviously waiting in the green room and for my name to get called, like there was all this panic, but it was anticipation of getting on the stage. And once I got on the stage, I was suddenly in my element. I had the mic in my hand. I was like, oh, I know these jokes. Like, this is what I've always wanted to do. This is, this is great. Got the first laugh. And then it was kind of like off to the races. So yeah, mm -hmm. we have a very, I don't know, I don't know what that is about human nature I, I i guess it's a survival mechanism right fighting off saber-toothed tigers and whatnot like oh plan ahead and think about what yeah. the the, yeah. the fear could be before you take action but you know it's obviously limits you in, in these kinds of situations too and so it's the it's a mental struggle to, to get over it well so like even i'm gonna use myself an example a little bit but like sometimes even like the thought process of hey, I need to go practice playing the piano. Like that, that actually never scares me. But like, I'll find myself distracting myself from doing the thing that I want to actually get accomplished. Mm -hmm. And so that that anticipation of executing of like, what's going to happen if I'm actually like getting better at this? Or what's going to happen if I actually do that is never as, I mean, it's, it's a get a story that we're telling ourselves, right? Of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's like, that's the fear getting in the way when it actually, like, if you actually just went, look, think about how much energy you waste, like thinking the anticipation process of like, I need to do something, but I'm afraid to do it. Oh, I mean, I excel at wasting energy. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like that is, <laughs> I have mastered that skill and 100%. I mean, the fretting and whatever. I mean, I am such a good procrastinator, especially, you know, writing a joke like, oh, maybe I need to do this other thing first before I go here. And and yeah. some of that is just like the fear of, oh, what if this isn't the way I wanted it to go in my mind? But I don't know, the sooner you can get past that, the the more often you can get past it, because it still kind of comes up, I guess, but yeah. it's kind of blocking it out. Well, that makes me think about having, and I've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times, and I know that you've heard Greg talk about this, but like the the having a why or a purpose of like why you want to accomplish it to give you the energy to almost like restructure the way that you think and the way that you live to be able to do something new oh yeah yeah I mean having that I think kind of I don't know what the right word is but having that goal that greater purpose uh out ahead that you can kind of point to and say okay yeah that's why I'm doing this like that's a an amazing motivator and I mean sometimes for me it's like again I don't know if it's just like the mentally the healthy way to, to have it but like knowing that i'm like told someone hey i'm gonna do this thing and i'm then i'm thinking like, oh well, i don't want to let them down because like they know they're expecting they have expectations now i don't think long run that's probably the best means of doing it but it's certainly a thing and it's at least gotten me there and you know who knows what right or wrong is but i'll figure it out along the way so yeah and that also makes me think of like okay you have this it's like climbing mount everest where you have all these false peaks of like okay you get here and then you're like oh well now i want to accomplish this so you keep yep. setting yourself more goals but i think a port an important thing when i mean i i feel like that's just human nature anyway like when we accomplish something we want to look for something else but i think an important thing is being content with the process and not always looking for the next thing otherwise you're going to be always looking for the next best thing and never actually enjoying the present moment and what's happening totally yeah um when's your next show uh i got one next week september i believe that's sixth is that the tuesday um 
in in Tustin. Uh, so any uh, any Orange County natives, please come out and see me at Improv City. Uh, and then I got a couple more the rest of the month and a little into October. And are the other ones in Orange County or are they in LA? The other the other two, so there's two more in September. They're both in LA. Um, September 15th, which I believe is a Thursday. It's at a uh, bar in North Hollywood called Federal Bar. And then a comedy club on Friday, September 30th called Fourth Wall. Um, and then I have a Orange County date on October 14th in San Clemente, a bar called Knuckleheads. Knuckleheads. Cool. Well, we will link those all so you guys can get your tickets and go support Adam and get a good laugh. He is not able to share any jokes as they are definitely rated R. <laughs> get any clean ones? Semi-clean ones? Um, uh, oh, man. Um, Maybe like PG-13. Yeah. Let me, uh, oh man, you're really, uh, see, this is what I'm talking about. The, uh, the audience participation. Yeah. I gotta, this is me face planning right now, Megan. Let Ooh. me, um, let me think yeah. of my favorite one too. Keep thinking. I'll think of the one that I'm thinking about. <laughs> oh, I, my favorite one is your parents are dangerously supportive. I think that one's hysterical the way that you deliver that one. No pressure. Oh, delivering yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know. They're, they're more, I think they're, it's like a, designed for a, a stage and an audience I, I, I they were i don't know if they translate as well uh over all right do you uh do you by any chance have any up row do i have any what up row <laughs> what's up bro <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were asking if i do improv no 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 cool oh. well is there anything else you want to add for listeners um <laughs> yeah i mean I think, obviously, I don't think your listeners are all aspiring comics, but certainly, you know, everyone has this thing that they want to do. I, I know for a long time, people ask, what do you want to do? And I kind of lied to myself, like, I don't know what I want to do, but I knew I wanted to do this for a long time. And uh, I think the sooner you can, like, stop lying to yourself, lie to other people all you want, I don't care. <laughs> but the sooner you can stop lying to yourself about it, I think, and, and saying, hey, there's this thing here it's important to me and then take action uh, on it. I think that you'll, you will benefit uh, immensely just from doing that one little step. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but hopefully. It's totally helpful. Well, thank you for your time and everybody go see Adam. Thank you very much. It's great to talk to you. You too. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Head to the show notes to grab the links for Adam's next show dates coming up he's got one next week and the one the week after so head out and support adam and get a good laugh have a great day we'll see you next week get fit feel good have fun woo